Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Tanner Jones, as you can see from the show notes, the show title. Uh, we are, I've been looking forward to this, and even though he is in-state, uh, we are sheltered in place, so we're doing this by phone. Uh, first, thanks to uh, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, and Huggins and Scott Auctions. So Tanner, welcome to the show. This is uh, our opportunity to kind of get acquainted and for me and the listeners to kind of hear some of your uh, hobby origin story. I know you wrote an excellent book that I read. Uh, it was a real page turner. I couldn't put it down. And it was uh, of a size that I could knock it out in a day or two and uh, just vicariously live that with you. But even though I'm highly recommending the book, I don't think every single person is necessarily going to read it. So tell us about your hobby journey. And uh, again, thanks for being here. Well, yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. I've uh, been listening to your podcast as well and uh, just really, really enjoyed it. So um, yeah, my my journey has, has begun uh, a lot like people my age. I'm about to be 40 in about a month. And uh, so that means I grew up in the 80s and 90s, of course. And uh, so a lot of people my age, what we did is we got into it in the 80s, loved 89 tops to death, 91 Donruss, and just had dreams about that stuff. And um, around the time of the lockout or the time from, uh, you know, mid 90s, we, we got to be teenagers and, uh, you know, school, church, all that stuff got in the way of the hobby, especially because of the lockout, probably, and uh, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, so we, you know, moved away from it, ended up, uh, becoming an adult, uh, thankfully, and uh, had family and uh, started business and everything and came back to the hobby and go, huh, it's wildly different now than what it was when I was a kid. So I'm just loving it. What, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of guys your age that have, that have uh, popped back in. I think you popped in earlier than a lot of people have come back in the last five years or so. Mm. And uh, because there's been a lot of enthusiasm and uh, dynamism in the industry, but, but when did you jump back in with both feet? Was it out of college or where were you? I want to say when you start jumping in and realizing, Hey, I've got some money, I've got some interest. Uh, the cards are arguably more interesting now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Quite a bit. You know, um, I would, I would say probably maybe 2005, 2006. So I was about 25, 26 years old. And, um, this is, this is what I seem to recall. This is my memory. I've got a terrible memory by the way. So I'm, I'm trying my hardest here, but, um, there was a hurricane that came through here in the Houston area back in 2005, I believe it was. And electricity was knocked out and that sort of thing. I, I started thinking, I was like, I wonder about those baseball cards I had in my closet here. So I had my little Jose Canseco baseball card collection as a kid. And so I pulled them out. And I go, oh man, this is just the coolest thing ever. And so that's kind of what brought me back, I think. And my parents actually gave me a box of baseball cards for as a gift of like 2006 Upper Deck Future Stars, I believe, um, for Christmas or my birthday. And I thought, huh, that's kind of neat. So it was kind of like, it was just like a uh, like an ignition that kept trying to try and turn, you know, and uh, finally got me there and, you know, just haven't, haven't looked back. What great parents. I, oh yeah. I, never, I mean, I actually, I did get cards from my dad, from my grandparents passed me down my, my dad's uh, childhood collection. So that was cool. But, and my dad bought me my first pack for a penny, but, but uh, to be in your twenties and have your parents buy you a box of cards. How cool is that? <laughs> it, it really is neat. They, they lived, um, they were living in California at, at that time. And so they just sent it through mail and I go, Oh man, what is this? So I open them up and, and like you, you take out the cards and you and you move them in the light and they actually shine and reflect like some rainbow. You go, wow, this is wildly different from 88 donors. Like what's going on here? <laughs> well, the, the, uh, the late eighties, early nineties cards, they, they weren't uh, unattractive, but you know, one of the uh, words that you, you used in your book was, you know, you used the a word addiction. And um, you know, one of the ways they combat addiction sometimes is uh, like a, uh, I think it's called aversion therapy. And so basically they make you 
just smoke cigarettes until you get sick. You have to smoke, you know, 10 cigarettes an hour for, for 24 hours. And then you, you, you hate the sight of a, of a cigarette. Uh, that's kind of what happened to cards in the late eighties and early nineties is that even though those cards are really pretty attractive, the overproduction that you just saw them everywhere, it totally defeated any notion that these are scarce as we look back. And then, like I said, when you get back into the late nineties, there still were a bunch of cards, but the tougher ones that you've uh, specialized in and really developed a real expertise on some of these uh, rare inserts. And then, you know, by the two thousands with all the serial numbering stuff, uh, again, cards all of a sudden were scarce. You could tell this one, I haven't seen very much. Whereas, you know, your Jose Canseco cards, if you wanted, I don't know how many, did you, did you go by quantity or were you quality? Cause I mean, you could have had a stack as high as you wanted to have of 88 tops or 89 tops uh, Consecos. Oh yeah. You could easily have, you know, thousand, literally thousands of yeah. them. And so the way that I did it is I wanted basically one of every single type. Um, and you know, which by the way, uh, I still pick up, uh, Canseco cards that are like super special to me. Um, I've got a couple on my desk. I'll show you a little later as well. Um, but yeah, so, but back then when I was a super collector of his, I wanted one of every single type. All the way. I mean, it, it, it was all the way from the, from what 83, I guess would be his first pre-rookie card all the way up to the present, or did you do mainly his play career? Yeah, it was, it was one of everything all the way. So, and, and the thing was, it was kind of strange for collecting for me anyways, is I got to the point where I had almost everything and I was literally just waiting for the, for the checklist to drop of the newer things and see, okay, what cards are going to come out this month so I can uh, set my sights on those. And it was a really kind of a, a little bit of a strange way of collecting when you're literally just looking for the cards that haven't been produced yet. When you were uh, picking up these Consecos, what I mean, I'm kind of a numbers guy. What what percentage of them of, of the cards do you think you got from personal relationships? You know, people that knew you, looking out for you, as opposed to eBay, where you were scraping and you know, through, or as opposed to ComC or the Beckett Marketplace or some of these uh, nicer auctions out there. I mean, wh- where where was your primary source and your secondary source? You know, it's hard to really kind of quantify how many came from where, because I was always heavily on comps. Yeah, I was always heavily on Beckett. I was always, <clears throat> excuse me, I was always heavily uh, on eBay, of course. Um, but the one thing that was probably most helpful for me, which is just wild, I still can't believe this stuff happened, um, is on Facebook. Are you familiar with Facebook groups, by the way? A little bit, but I'm not really a Facebook guy at this point. But yeah, no, the, the groups are powerful. Okay. So the, the Facebook groups were a big thing for me because uh, it, it kind of took the uh, online baseball card forums to the next level um, where it was almost instantaneous. Everybody's on Facebook. So everybody was showing instantly what they got, uh, what they got from a pack from Walmart or something uh, in their car. You know, they take a picture, Hey guys, take a look at this. And so if it was a, a rare Conseco, I would sometimes have seven, eight, nine, ten 10 people tagging me. And so a lot of these rare cards that, that uh, Conseco, that Conseco had, um, never even made it to eBay, you know, so, which is really just a, a super special thing for me exactly. to be able to see that people really, you know, knew about me and looked out for me. Again, just the, the math part of it. I'm just wondering, I mean, how many of those were people just sent it to you or as opposed to trade, as opposed to say, Hey, I want a hundred bucks for this or whatever. What, what was the, what was the transaction like? Cause it sounds like there was a lot of uh, camaraderie, but it's still, some of the cards are pretty valuable. So what, what was the normal way when somebody got this card, they thought Tanner would really love this. Yeah. So the, the vast majority I purchased uh, from them and, and uh, because it wasn't somebody necessarily that would pull a card that was Conseco and say, uh, you know, Oh man, I think Tanner would love this. It was them saying, Hey, everybody take a look. 
and then 10 other people saying, Hey, Tanner would love this. And uh, so I would always want to be fair. I, I've realized one thing is, you know, in life, you're only given one name, you know, so you don't want to, uh, yeah, yeah you, you want you want to be as, as good as you can to people. So, you know, it cost me quite a bit, but uh, I think it helped me in the long well, Did run. you have to set the price or did they, did you look them up or, or, or did you uh, agree or did they say, Hey, I'll sell to you for this. And you said, no, nah, that's too much. Or, you know, was it always pretty amicable? I mean, they, they probably would recognize that you're probably the expert. Yeah. And a lot of times when it, <laughs> that was kind of the problem is they knew that, uh, you know, this quote unquote addiction was pretty bad. So if it was a one of one that I really was salivating over, I did not have a good poker face. <laughs> if there's a, if there's a bat barrel, like, Oh man, I love that. That's the coolest thing ever. How much do you want for it? And then they give me a price uh-huh. and I'm, okay, you know, oh. you got me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I try to be anonymous on Com C, but I, I enjoy that format. The problem is the, the seller on Com C has to uh, define the price and and whether or not they're willing to accept offers. And I know now I realize that whenever I put up a rear Conseco and it was gone in 30 seconds, <laughs> there's a certain person that, uh, that it, well, let's just put it this way. I'm, I'm thinking it went to a good home. Uh, but do you still have all your Conseco stuff? Have you kind of, uh, de- are you are you out and now back in or what's your, What's your posture with your Conseco uh, super collecting? So this has probably been the most uh, fun I've ever had in this hobby. Uh, so I started off obviously, you know, probably at this point, six, seven, eight years ago as a super collector, I uh, started getting everything. And then I ended up selling off a lot of stuff. I just, I felt like uh, I didn't really have any other place to go with this collection here. So I sold off everything. I was actually in the middle of negotiations with buying out another massive Conseco collection, um, I prayed about that. I just didn't feel right about it. I didn't feel like God wanted me to, to do this, uh, you know, to make this purchase. And so right after that, I was thinking, well, if I'm not getting this, what am I doing here? Um, so I ended up selling virtually everything. And then I go, well, wait a second here. I'm actually not too, doing too bad selling this stuff. And I really love these cards still. I just love them. So uh, I ended up spending the past couple of years uh, getting back the ones I love. And, uh, you know, a couple of them, uh, um, I think you'll probably have some interest in, like I said, I'll show you a little later. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I just love these cards, you know, so I, I still have a, a good amount of them, but mainly just my favorites. You know, one of the, you know, when I was uh, contemplating doing a podcast and I've not certainly not regretted, I've really enjoyed it and I'm glad we're finally talking, but uh, I made a conscious choice to make it an audio podcast in order to kind of keep it simpler. And and I knew I could crank them out and I, I don't, I'm not a stranger to deadlines. So doing a daily podcast was not that daunting to me, but a video podcast, there's so much more you can do. And, uh, but I, so I know I'm giving up, the ability, although there, there's probably some social media supplementation I, I, I will eventually do to, to bring in some of the images, but so many of the images of what you and I could look at on screen or, you know, uh, through whatever remotely uh, look at it. Uh, there's so many subtle differences that mm. one card, especially when you're getting into the super collecting and, you know, and I'm pretty meticulous too. I mean, if I show my wife, who's not a collector, that here's two cards from, from at arm's length, they look exactly the same, but one is red and one is purple. And the purple one is easier than the red one. And if you don't have a really good monitor and a, or a high res uh, photo or scan or, or a good camera, uh, you can't even tell. And so, or you've got to flip it over the back to say, oh, this is the one that's this serial number. Yeah. So what I try to do is I try to be very active in um, showing off the beauty of a lot of these cards to people online. And so uh, what that means for me on Twitter, for example, is every few days I'll take just any any Conseco off of, uh, you know, in my collection, 
I'll get my phone out and I'll do a little three or four second video clip of me just rocking back and forth in the light uh, to, for a couple couple reasons. It doesn't have to be an expensive card. It can be just anything that's pretty, uh, really just to educate people um, to see what they look like in hand because there's definitely a difference between having a really pretty card in hand versus one that's scanned online or something. You, know, just, you just can't really get the whole feel for well, it. We're out of, town, out of time because we're trying to stay within 15 minutes, but, but finish that thought. So you're basically having a four-second uh, kind of a rotational video that you're, you're putting up on Twitter? Or, yep, and or, or, I do it all the time, too. Putting it everywhere. And are, are you uh, narrating it as, as you go, or are you just kind of making it, is it just an image and video-centric? Yeah. So all I'll do is I'll put a line of text saying what it is like, a, and I'll show you an example. It's not going to show up well on webcam here. Uh, this is a 2018 Bowman's Best Atomic Refractor. On the phone with a flash, it looks phenomenal. And it's just a looping three or four second video. And that's it. Without uh, verbiage. I mean, you're not, you're saying what it is or you're just. Yeah, there's no audio whatsoever. It's literally just me doing this. All you see is in the camera is this and that's it. And, um, and so you have followers that'll, that'll, uh, that, uh, you know, forward that on and stuff like that. If yeah. There's a lot of people that will say, Oh man, thanks for showing me this. I want to take a look and get my own copy, you know, which has been fantastic. That's what I'm looking for. You know, I want people to really understand the beauty of these cards. Yeah. Well, we're out of time, but, uh, Tanner, let's come back and do another episode. Uh, cause I think you've got a lot more to say, but you're clearly, um, which I think I was back in the day and you are now you're, you're, uh, you're an influencer, you know, in the, in the, uh, in this industry. And I thank you for your, uh, you know, hard work and dedication and enthusiasm and intensity to, uh, to uh, care enough to, to write a book and to be really active and to, and to share your knowledge and uh, be an all around good guy. So uh, thanks listeners. Thanks Tanner. Be back again tomorrow with another episode.